Five years ago yesterday was the first Sunday I was here as pastor. Just came up on my timeline. Ah. Yeah, those of you who had the over-under at five, I uh, hope you bet the over. 25 uh, is the next number. But the week before that, we were at the happiest and the greatest place on earth, which is Disney World with the family. And then two years before that, we were there for our Make-A-Wish trip. And it is the happiest place on earth, the greatest man-made place on earth for children, for children, for children, and some adults. And even for us, it was a great time, both trips. But it was at the end of that first trip, and it was leap year, and they stay open 24-7 over leap year, that we wanted to see Cinderella's castle and the big fireworks and the laser show. And so there we are. Joe is nine. Bella's seven, I think. Trey is four. And we're watching as the sun has set and the lasers start and you hear, when you wish upon a star, your dreams come true. And it sort of hits me at that moment as I'm holding Trey. When you wish upon a star, your dreams come true. And I'm holding my cancer-riddled child. And I go, oh really? Is that all I got to do? Is wish upon a star and this will all go away. And I look down at my two innocent children and I realize, everything they've already gone through and that which they are most likely about to go through. If I just wish upon a star, it'll all be okay. But then I, I look at my two innocent children and I look at Trey and I see their face washed in amazement, smiling from ear to ear and enjoying this moment of life, which is why we went in the first place and standing in front of all four of us is Rachel. And she's smiling like you've never seen a smile before. Her father didn't take her to Disney World as a child. He didn't take her to Westview Park, which was five minutes from their house. And here she was, a mother of three, the wife of one of the greatest men who have ever lived. <laughs> Forgive me getting to be a child and stare at the amazement. And I was overwhelmed until Joe said, how come we didn't eat dinner? <laughs> and Bella added in, we still getting ice cream later. And I was snapped back to reality. The nice moment was over. I was no longer in my despair. I was no longer in my sappiness. I was in the moment. And sure enough, two years later, reality set in once again where no matter how many stars had been wished upon, Trey passed away. But I can say that and stand here boldly saying, I will see him again. And I praise God for that fact that I can see him again. Not because of hopes or wishes, 
but because of the reality of what happened when Jesus died on the cross and, equal if not more importantly, rose three days later. So let's take a look this morning at exactly how that happened and what he's teaching us in this process. Because Jesus was always teaching his disciples. But if we're smart, if we give it a chance, he's teaching us as well. So open your Bibles to John chapter 20. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in your pew. You can download the Bible app if you're really cool. And if you want, I'll just read you mine. And you can just listen. John chapter 20. Peter and John have already found their way to the tomb, but we pick up here with Mary, Mary Magdalene. Verse 11, it says, Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away. And I don't know where they have put him. Whatever it is that causes you grief, whatever it is that is burdening you, it's okay to cry out. It's okay to ask why. Too often we say it's just because. But here she's asking. Verse 14, at this time she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize it was Jesus. Now it's interesting. You can look into this a little bit. And you'll find that some people say that Jesus kept her from understanding, seeing who he was. Others say she was so enthralled and so kept up with her situation, she couldn't see who he was. And we could argue forever. But just know that there's sometimes people can't see Jesus. Friday night we had a good, good Friday service and I, I knelt right here. And I prayed for two people specifically. That I prayed that they would see Jesus through the suffering of our family during the days of Trey. And they had not yet understood who he is. I know they've seen him. They haven't recognized him yet. And that's okay. Because I'm going to keep praying. She did not realize it was Jesus. Verse 15, woman, he said. And see, that's why I can say that to my wife. Woman. Biblical. It's fine. Thank you. Scott, Scott said, amen. Okay, sorry, honey. Sorry. Sorry. He said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and, and I will go get him. She's talking to Jesus, but she's talking about the wrong things. She's saying to Jesus, show me where Jesus is. What? Too often we talk to Jesus, and we, we're asking, and we're talking about the wrong things. Oh, help me get through this test. Yes, he cares about your academics. Oh, just give me some more sleep. Yes, he wants you to rest. 
Jesus, why this? Why that? And Jesus is saying, look, I need you to know me. I want you to know who I am. I want to be in a relationship with you. I don't want to be your butler. I don't want to be your lucky rabbit's foot. I want to be your Lord. I want to be your Savior. And at this exact moment, Jesus says to her, Mary. A minute ago she was a woman, and now she's Mary. There is a sweet moment when God calls you by name. I met with a man who said that he just knew there was more. He'd been around church, been around faith. He knows about Jesus. But he said, I just felt like there was something else. And he said, I stumbled upon your church. I found your website. And I listened to a couple sermons. And I came the next day. And I knew right then that I had to give my life to Christ. Because God called him by name. And he said, I, I began a relationship with him. I don't know what I'm doing. But I now know that I've given my life to him. And I will tell you this, he's calling you by name as well. Whether you're sitting here today or you're listening to this later, he's calling you by name. Don't miss it. Don't keep calling him the gardener. Recognize who he is. She turned toward him and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni! Which means teacher. Means high teacher. With the utmost of respect. Jesus said, don't hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. I love that it's, she's so excited. And he goes, don't hold on to me. It's not about him. It's not about you and me. At this point, she's like, oh, let's just stay right here. Peter, when he was on the mount, and everybody appeared before him, and he was like, oh, this is good. Let's stay here. And they said, no, it's not about that. Too many Christians are like, this is my God, and you can't have him. We have to go and tell. We have to go and, and live the life of Christ in front of others. We don't build up walls and, and, and don't let anybody else in. We need to go out and be the church to the world who does not know him. Well, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked, for fear of the Jews. You ever feel like you're a bad Christian? You ever feel like, you know, if there's a grade, you're like, mm, maybe D minus? Okay, the resurrected Jesus, they know he is resurrected. Some have seen, Mary's reported. And they're like, oh, he really did, he rose from the dead. Okay, but I'm scared, I'm going to go lock myself in a room. This is even the disciples. They've been with him. They'd seen it all. And now they're petrified even though he has been raised from the dead. The doors were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them. I very often say, I want to know more about the Bible. I don't mean going back and everything else. I mean like, Jesus came and stood among them. How'd that happen? We find out later he does something else. Peace be with you. 
He's not just saying, don't let your heart be troubled. He's saying, look, peace be with you. He's calling himself peace. Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. My prayer is that you can have that same relationship when you're overjoyed with the Lord. Too often, I think, we feel obligated to the Lord. Or we feel burdened to go to church. I want that rich experience of having joy with the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me. I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on him and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. But you see Thomas, verse 24, Thomas called Didymus. Not a name that picked up too well, but I like it. So if any of you are thinking of having kids, little Didymus, it'd be like Diddy. Didymus, I like it. One of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Womp, womp. Can you imagine this poor guy? Hey, you're going to come to the room? No, I'm going to do a little more fishing. Dude, you're never going to believe what happened. Like, where was he? What was he doing when he missed out on Jesus reappearing to his disciples? Bad choice. But it plays out okay. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, nah. Well, actually, he said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe it. Didymus was a little gross. I don't know. I want to see it for myself. I don't know why he didn't just say that. It's pretty graphic. But he lays down the gauntlet. He says, no, this is what I need to believe. A week later. Isn't that interesting? The disciples are with Jesus. Everything's great. And they run to Thomas. You're never going to believe this. And he's like, bah. And then a week later. We have to realize things happen in God's timing. Not on ours. We can stomp our feet. We can take our ball and go home. We can say, look, God, this. And he's like, yeah, I'll see you in about a week. It's God's game, not ours. It's God's world, not ours. But a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them, though the doors were locked. It amazes me. They're still locking the doors. Jesus came, and he stood among them and said, Peace be with you. i got to believe it freaked him out. He keeps entering the room. The doors are locked. He's popping through, and he always starts with, Peace. Well, if you'd stop appearing out of nowhere, Jesus, I'd have a lot more peace. But do you know that in our life there's times when Jesus shows up? Well, all of a sudden, everything gets real. We've got a control on life. I know where this is. i got the bank account here. I drive here. I know that. The job's good. Everything's good. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, Jesus, you need to show up. My prayer is that you'd have him with you every day. Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. He knew what Thomas needed. Jesus knows what you need. 
Jesus knew Thomas's doubts. Jesus knew Thomas's heart. You know the games we play with God? We try to hide. Got those hateful, hurtful things inside. Don't hide. He knows. He knows. Just come clean and talk to him. Tell him, look, I don't like this as much as you don't like this, God. Let's work on this. God, I, I don't know if you're really real. You've been in church your whole life. You've been doing the good thing, going on Sunday. You sit here right now and you go, I don't think I know Jesus like I need to know Jesus, but I'm going to keep pretending. Why? He knows you. He knows your heart. Come clean. Talk to him and he will talk to you. And the last thing he says is stop doubting and believe. Where is it? What is it about Jesus that you doubt? What circumstance in your life? What struggle do you have? And you say, Jesus, I don't think you can do that. Now the fear is, I don't know that Jesus will do that. See, that's a different thing. Because, boy, we prayed for our boy. We had people praying all over the world. Jesus chose not to do that. But what do you think he can't do? If you think he can't save your soul, if you think you're so bad that you can't be in a relationship with him, you've never been more wrong. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. And that's you. Because you haven't seen him. But you have the opportunity to believe in him. You see, we're all going to face trials and tribulations. None of us are getting out of this world alive. But you have a decision to make. Do you want to put your faith in something that's man-made? Do you want to wish upon a star? Or do you want to believe in the one who put the stars in their place? Because you have that opportunity here this morning. He is calling you by name. He's telling you, I'll give you what you need. You need to see this, see this. You need to believe this, believe this. He will meet you where you are. He is calling you by name. Will you reply, my Lord and my God? If you walked in here today, control of your life, the only one that you answer to, and you are tired of doing that, if you want to see Jesus as just not something on a cross, but as somebody who deeply looks into your eyes and says, I died for you, I rose for you, and I've sent my Holy Spirit for you, you can do that this very morning. No, no, no greater day than this day to say, Jesus, my Lord, my God, I give you my life. I pray that he will give you the faith to do that. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the truth that is your death and resurrection. I thank you that nothing else makes sense other than your resurrection. You called it. 
You said it. You did it. Lord God, the people that have walked in here or are listening to this who do not know You, that they would have the faith to give their lives to You as You have given Yours for them. Father, we are grateful for so much. Grateful for nothing more than for Your Son Jesus, in whose name we now pray. Amen.